Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Warren Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swerve Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I feel feel a bit worried that I was down on Raw when everyone else was high on Raw. I'm not sure a lot of people were high on not Raw. Not high on Raw, but I'm at, I feel like I was out of step with the general consensus. I was going to say, the Discord chat seemed to be more into the show than you were. Mm. And usually, rather than sort of listening and recognising that people might have different opinions on their own and going, oh, I disagree, they usually just like try and tear you down. So I'm kind of bracing myself. Well, I think you're you're in you're in a, a fortunate position because I find that our audience is predisposition to hate Raw anyway. So you saying bad things about Raw, they'll be like, "Yeah, no, Raw's awful." I hope so. And that so they you should I hope be fine. So they've got blind hate. Yeah, for the I, red brand. I think they do yeah. in the same way that they have blind love for SmackDown. So anytime you say something that's bad about SmackDown, they're just like, "Well, you guys hate everything." Mm which is usually when I do the reviews. So I think you'll be fine. I think most people will be on your side anyway because people just want to hate Raw because Roman's on top. Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's let's hope that people just despise Roman. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes the heat off me. Yeah. Um, but how was your weekend? It was good. I, had, uh, I went to a family wedding. Lovely. In the Barbican, which is mm. a lovely... It's, it's one of my favourite buildings. If I... So me and my lady partner, that's our dream place to move to because the Barbican's a sort of art centre, museum, cinema thing. Uh, but it is also this weird uh, utilitarian community founded in the 70s by some brutalist architects where they've got these green spaces and everything's made out of concrete. And it's, yeah. Mm. And, but you effectively have to wait for so- till someone dies to move in yeah. because it's a, it's a one in one out policy and we found some flats the other day mm. one bed flats not that big 750,000 pounds holy heck three quarters three quarters of a mill oof no thanks yeah so that's uh, that's on the back burner that's Adam, in the yeah. maybe list <laughs> I mean, you've got all these smart blinds that you want to buy. You haven't got the uh, the yeah, extra money get, aside. I want to get some smart blinds mm-hmm. so they can they can start coming up when the sun rises. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, but yes, the uh, the best man speech was very funny. So that the couple was my cousin Ross getting married to his 
well, now wife, Robin. And uh, there were about 120 people there and perfectly split into family and architects because they're both architects themselves. So they, they knew loads of other architects. and Lots of structure jokes. Yeah. Uh, should have used it. Did he have a good structure to his speech? Damn yeah, it. Damn damn it. Uh, but the best men were, I went to school with them. And uh, they, because I went to school with my cousin as well, and they, uh, they had this running joke where it was at the end of every paragraph, they, or a couple of paragraphs, they go, and it's just really nice to see that Ross has fi- finally, finally found the, the Robin to his Superman. Which is obviously incorrect. Yes, and they kept, and no one laughed. But I would go, <laughs> so out of this, sorry about that cackle. But uh, Sorry, they hear it from me all the time. Yeah, the, for the, from this big hall, there was literally only me laughing. <laughs> and then the, a few more paragraphs, and they'd go, and it's just so nice to see that Ross finally found the Wolverine to his Robin. Again, huge laugh from me, crickets. They came over afterwards and said, Thank you so much for laughing at those jokes. I was like, did people just not get them? Because I, you know, I like comic books. Yep. And I asked around. No, people got it. They just didn't find it funny. Oh, man. So he was intentionally bombing. I thought this was this was a masterstroke mm. in, a, in, in a speech. But I guess people just want funny stuff, don't they? Yeah. Not stuff that's designed to make you annoyed. No, exactly. You, know, you, want, you don't want to do things that are too personal. Um, that is like a joke that you and two other people would get. You want to try and make it things as as broad as possible. When I did my best man speech, the one and only best man speech I've ever done, I was very much in the mold of, I'm going to make bad jokes, but I'm going to recognize that they're bad jokes by playing the sound effect. Oh, you had some after each time I do the bad joke. So I would do it. I would have like some nice, you know, some nice sentimental stuff, and then I'd be like, "Oh, hang on, it's about time I did a joke." Because I read in a book once that you should do jokes in your speech. And I'm not very good at writing jokes, so I just got bad jokes. So I would do lots of bad jokes and then play the sound effect, and that would then get the groans and laughter from uh, from the people who were listening. Good tactic. It was good. Uh, what What was the best bad joke? Um, well, my favourite one is how do you organise a party in space? You plan it. Nice. Nice. Good. good, isn't it? Bad jokes. That's another segment we could do on this show. Well, that's all. that was once upon a time uh, an Adam and Joe thing. Yeah, but that was more like contrived, made-up jokes, made up yeah. jokes yeah. yeah. If you want to send in some bad jokes, go for that. What did, pe- what did people think about the Create a Wrestler segment? Well, I mean, no one sent one. Um, and... Oh. <laughs> There's a couple of people on Discord who were just like, mine's far too embarrassing to send in. That's the point. Yeah. I, I'll start off. Did I tell you what mine was? He was called the OJ Master. Because my name is Oliver James Davis. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I wish people would call me OJ. OJ, nice. I thought that was like a cool name. I didn't really re- know what that was. Mm-hmm. I'd heard it in the, in the news and I liked the Simpsons. <laughs> so I just assumed it was a cool thing. Uh, not someone who was accused yes of murdering his <laughs> wife uh but yeah so and he, he his gimmick was wearing uh, a bright orange t-shirt and bright luminous green trousers and bright orange shoes and luminous green sunglasses all the way through the match mm-hmm. with big spiky hair and he would come out I mean, the big party guy gimmick does the worm a lot yeah yeah. See, well, mine, I think I've told this story on the podcast, or at least on the Wrestle Ramble before, that my creator wrestler I used to do on No Mercy was, uh, was Fox Rider. 
Um, Fox Rider. Yeah, named after Fox Mulder from the X-Files. Sure. And Rider, just because he had sort of a bit of... I was obsessed with The Undertaker's bike rider gimmick. So I sort of did that. But it was spelled the same way as Zack Ryder, mm. um, as he would then later debut in the WWE and stole my gimmick. Um, but yeah, he was... He, he was Raven. Was he Raven? I mean, no, my wrestlers in like, uh, in like WWF Attitude and things like that, they would certainly look like Raven. But this one more looked like The Undertaker. Like The, like the Undertaker crossed with the Hardy Boys. Wow. I would say, yeah. You Oof. know, like the, like Jeff had that sort of mesh top thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have the mesh top, but I would have like the, the Undertaker-style jeans and boots and a bandana and long hair. So badass, uh, badass taker. Yes, yeah, 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 American badass taker, yeah. Not dead man hardy taker. No, no, <laughs> no, this is more dead man walking Undertaker cool. than like, um, oh, diente Undertaker. Um, right, before we crack on with the show, would you like a wrestling confession? Ooh. Oh, yes. Which is obviously a, a gimmick that we've stolen from another podcast. It would uh, it would seem. Uh, which podcast did we steal this I from? I can't remember. They did tell, like someone did tell us. It was the, the person who initially sent us their their wrestling confession. Um, then said, we then said, oh, we could do this as a segment. Then they emailed back to let me know that, yeah, no, that's a segment that I stole from another podcast. You yeah. probably shouldn't steal it either. But we have done anyway. Yeah. There are only so many segments. Exactly. Out there. And it's no going to be an overlap. And no one sent in a creator wrestler, so we have yeah. to do it this way. It's your fault, listeners. Exactly, yeah. And this person has also sent in a poetry corner submission that we'll do in the outro portion. Uh, but this is from Emily, and she's, and she's emailed him for Emily Gillalai, I believe it is. Or Gillalai. Gillalai, maybe. Uh, it was the 90s and the peak of the Ultimate, Ultimate Warriors reign as WWF champion, and a young child was being left at home for the first time ever. So what does... Oh, it's a he. I do apologize. So what does he at the time do? He, so is it a mill? I wanna, well, uh, yes, it could be a mill, but it's definitely E-M, uh, E-M-I-L-Y. Okay. So I do apologize. That's my mistake. Uh, he drags his mattress into the living room, paints his face with finger paint huh. as what is available, and climbs to the top of the... Uh, to, Part of the couch to drop an elbow on his teddy bear. Well, that was the finish of the match, at least. And yes, that child was me. And at the time, the clues were too, uh, too cryptic then and meant to inform me that I happened to be a trans woman. There we go. Right. So that's where my mistake comes right. in. I do very much apologize. Uh, and no, that's not a confession, as there's nothing to be ashamed in that. Absolutely, there is not. Uh, it does help to explain the poem that we'll do later. I cancelled my WWE subscription after the horrid scene with Bobby Lashley's sisters. Even writing Luke an email explaining my decision where I was chast- uh, where I chastised relatively miserable detail of this forgettable skit. Bobby lifting one of the girl's skirts. Maybe it was genuinely just meant to be about fashion, but it was more and more transphobic laws are being passed in the US. It felt like him lifting a skirt to check if, well, you get the idea. My wife tried to calm me down by telling me there's supposed to be heat in wrestling, and for a moment I was worried I might have overreacted to ch- uh, to cancel, but then I remembered WWE is quite frankly just bad, mm-hmm. and I've been le- thinking of leaving for months. The incident just gave me the motivation I needed. This is a long meal, and I don't don't care if you read it at all, but I do want to thank you for your bonus podcast of New Japan TNA and even WOS Wrestling. Would love to hear more, and I'm happy hearing from any combination of Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. And then they have sent us a poem as well. Lovely. Which we'll obviously read out in the outro portion of this. I've also got a very so, good uh, Agony Arts confession for you. So was the wrestling confession that they dressed up like Ultimate Warrior and did an elbow drop? Um, yes. We need it needs to be more embarrassing that, than that. 
oh no, it's just, I've just there needs to be a horrible injury attached to it. I need to undo that. I've just filed it away, and I didn't mean to do that. Oh, really? I know. Sorry, I've got that's it now. That. I found it again. Yeah, I think let's let's not forget that what WWE could the stuff WWE does that could be construed as offensive probably just them being rubbish yeah a lot of the time yeah they just uh ignorance um probably just not realizing what they're doing i'd imagine is very much the way to describe wwe um and also finally before we uh move on to the main show uh someone did tweet us in to ask if we could not give spoilers away for the spider-man game so if you are oh, thinking, right if you are okay. thinking talking about that then, i didn't do that did i no we were very vague with what we were talking oh, about but cool. they were just concerned that because we're both playing it now i've played upwards of 25 minutes now uh, in the two weeks that I've had it, I am itching to start. <laughs> I got I got forty minutes in yesterday. Oh, 40 minutes, man! That How is you get... not enough. I need three hours minimum. No, well, I mean, I'm especially when Batman turned up. That was oh no! no spoilers! Oh, quick, go to the show. <laughs> right, so we are going to be talking about Brock Lesnar's WWE return and his next match in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. Where? Brock Lesnar wasn't there, why would he? That would cost way too much money. But Paul Heyman was to accept on Lesnar's behalf a triple threat for the Universal title at November 2nd's Crown Jewels. No, no plural. Crown Jewel is the name of this show, I believe. WWE Crown Jewels. Coming to you live from Riyadh. 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 Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We're heading back to the beautiful city. Uh, well, I'm assuming it's a beautiful city of Riyadh. Because Jeddah was the last one. That, oh, was, yeah. a beautiful that was a really beautiful city. And progressive mm, is, so is progressive. what I... That was my big Did you away. hear how progressive the place has become that they've just arrested a man for having breakfast with a woman in public? What? I know. What kind of breakfast? Well, I'd imagine croissants, pan au chocolats maybe. And I'm only saying that because that's what I had for breakfast this morning. Well, you know, we shouldn't probably make light of such serious no, things. No, we, we shouldn't. And we also shouldn't make too many political comments because the last time we did that, during the build-up to the Greatest Royal Rumble, we got accused of um, being unfair to Saudi Arabia. From, uh, a, and locking people up for having breakfast. Yeah. I love breakfast. Uh, well, breakfast is my favourite meal of the day. Yeah. But hey, you know, if you really want to be diligent on fasting, micro-fasting and you want to only eat within that six-hour window, breakfast is the best meal to skip because of natural appetite suppression in the morning. So maybe, like, the Crown Prince has just got everyone's fasting schedules You know, in when, mind. when people clicked on this video expecting us to talk about Brock Lesnar, this is what they wanted to mm. hear, was you and I chatting about breakfast because... I made an absolutely corking breakfast over the weekend, but I'll tell you about that another time. Yeah, on the podcast, probably. Yep. Uh, so, yes, Brock Lesnar is is going to be there at the Crown Jewels Sorry, I was just show. Sorry, my notes. Yes. And it's going to be a triple threat with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns' universal title uh, up for grabs. So yes. this is playing off the Hell in a Cell finish where Braun... Braun Lesnar, where Brock Lesnar came, ripped open the Hell in a Cell Kicked door. Kicked it off, you mean? Kicked it open. Kicked it through. And F5'd both men, which was so devastating, the entire match had to be called off. And it's built built to this, yeah. Yes, so. So we, yeah, we're heading back to Saudi Arabia. We're getting a triple threat match. But not only that, the show is also going to contain a World Cup tournament, the first ever WWE World Cup tournament, where the winner will get a trophy. That much we know, because there's a trophy in the promo mm. image. They but, love a trophy. Well, they? I know. I made a joke about this in the news. That this is just a ne the next in a long line of trophies that have been handed out this year alone. Um, and I'm sure that we'll never see that trophy ever again, much like Braun's 
greatest Royal Rumble championship belt. You'll see it for a couple of weeks, but then it will be quite, it will just Thanos away. Yeah, it'll be moved into storage. Yeah, imagine carrying that around from flight to flight, show to show, yeah. a cross-country America thing. But um, I, I think this is, it's really interesting that, that Lesnar's back because we all expected him to be gone after SummerSlam, that was what had been widely reported, was that that was going to be his final date. He was, he'd entered himself into the USADA testing pool because he's going back to UFC in January next year. But the report is, Dave Meltzer was running about this in MMA fighting, that uh, he hasn't actually officially signed with UFC yet. And there's no sort of date really confirmed for when he's going back. He's just re-entered the USADA testing pool. And he's going to make upwards of seven figures for these two matches. These two, what are well, so the other, so this and well, the way that Meltzer phrases it for the Saudi Arabia matches. So presumably the greatest Royal Rumble and this one right. is where he's earned seven million. Well, up seven figures is where he will have earned wow. that money from. And um, Meltzer also writes that while WWE, because they signed a confidentiality agreement that they weren't allowed to reveal how much money Saudi Arabia has paid for them to go over and create propaganda, uh, propaganda pay-per-views. The um, the financial reportings do a little smirk me there. Little the financial reportings state that Great Royal Rumble earned them an extra forty five million dollars for that one show. So that's just one show. That's that's, that, so that's a uh, every they'll get two forty five million dollar. Presumably, if this one is as big. Hey man, there's an old Groucho Marx quote that I live by. Here's mm. my principles. If you don't like them, I've got others. <coughs> and that's, uh, you know, that's a fair chunk of change. Well, that, that's more money than they've made from any other show, including WrestleMania. So that's why they're, they're willing to... That's why they want to have stars on this. They want to earn the money that they're making, or that they're being paid for this, by having a big name like a Brock Lesnar. That's why they're trying to coax Shawn Michaels out of retirement for the show, because that's the other rumoured matches. D-Generation X versus the Brothers of Destruction. Which, on this show, certainly seems to be built towards... Yep. That was the rumour last week. And, you know, it's interesting how all this stuff that Dave Meltzer has reported is coming to pass. Well, well, Dave Meltzer reporting things that are actually correct. Yeah, I mean, he's Crazy. never, never done that before, has he? Um, yeah, and it is. It's really interesting that, that, yeah, essentially money talks. And while I'd imagine Lesnar probably was done after SummerSlam, they were like, hey, but if you come and do this one more match at um, uh, at um Crown Jewel, I can't remember what the name of the show was. Crown then. Jewels. Crown Jewels. Um, well, you can have another load of money. But according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, it's not just going to be Crown Jewel. Uh, the Lesnar is going to be appearing at all the major events until at least the end of the year. So, oh, okay. at a, so perhaps that will include a surprise appearance at Super Showdown. And there's also Survivor Series coming up in November. And actually, there was a, Michael Cole had a line in this show where he said, man, there's a lot going on in WWE at the moment. And I was like, no kidding. Like, there's four shows in six weeks, four big shows. You've got Evolution, or Evolution, depending on which way you want to pronounce it, SmackDown 1000, Super Showdown, and the Saudi Arabia show. And then you've got uh, Survivor Series at the end of that month. Yeah, so those four, those, those first four, four are four. all within a 30-day period. Yeah, they fall within six weeks of each other, yeah, really. From, from the 6th of October through to the 2nd of November. Yeah. And it is... I mean, that was one of my criticisms of this episode of Roy. It feels like it's being ripped apart. Stretched. And it's not like it's a stacked quality show anyway. It's already spread spread pretty thin. So and you can also when you have all these pay-per-views pulling it off in each different focus part, it is it makes that thinness even more transparent. And you can tell which ones they care about because Evolution is the one that is getting absolutely zero mention now. Like they did their they did their couple of weeks of it, but now they're more interested in pushing Super Showdown 
and Crown Jewel. To, to be fair, Super Showdown is Soon. the next one. Yeah. And uh, Crown Jewels is the one that is plays off of the Hell in a Cell finish. So that that could yes, just be a, a weak thing. But there's also been there was no mention of um, uh, you know they're, they're doing the teasers of Ronda and Nikki I suppose, but there's been no mentions of um, Mickey James and Elite. I mean they mention it on commentary, but it's not like they've been doing video got packages five weeks for it until that show. It's I've, a three-hour show. I've got I've got no quap. Look, it already <laughs> feels like they're promoting too much stuff. I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, but they're not promoting this other. I thing. was I wasn't saying that as a criticism. I was just saying you can see which shows are more important to them. No, I think this week. I th- there's many things you can. I can see why. In all they fairness, they are, they are going to make much more money. Yeah, I th- plus like just narratively, one sooner yep. and the other one sequentially plays off the previous night's. Fair preview. enough. So I think that's okay. Paul Heyman actually came out here. Uh, the the segment, the show kicked off with Roman Reigns saying, you know, if you wanna, if you want your rematch, Brock, come face me like a man. Yes. And I wrote in my Raw review. Well, I can't think of many things more manly than. Kicking a cage door in, beating everyone up, yeah. and having a beard? Yep, pretty much. So that's like, yeah. Uh, but uh, Braun Strowman came out and answered him instead, and they had a bit of back and forth. And then Paul Heyman, oh no, Baron Corbin comes out, and that's when he says the crown jewels. And I was a bit confused here. I was like, so what? What's that? What's going to. It's a triple threat. Yeah, he, he, I thought it was quite clear that it's a triple threat it? match and it's going to be at Crown Jewel, no plural, on the 2nd of November in Saudi Arabia. Okay. And then maybe it was just the Crown Jewels bit that hit me by surprise. You keep saying Crown Jewels. I know. I'm, I'm trying to make it a thing. You, <laughs> like a, like my man. Well, it's uh, Crown Jewels is sort of an English yes. slang for a... Balls. A penis and balls. Yeah. yeah. The whole the whole package down yeah, there. Yeah, that's the Crown Jewels. I think it's funny. Cool, <laughs> my man. My man. <laughs> uh, and Baron Corbin, yeah, Baron Corbin made that match, and uh, Braun said that sucks. <laughs> he said and that sucks. Cheered. You suck. You suck. But then, crucially, he said, and everyone in this arena sucks. Just to remind us that he is the heel. Did you get the sense that Braun might be going towards that as a new catchphrase? Well, he you said suck. things suck yeah. a lot. Yeah, but like, if that is going to be his new catchphrase, that'll get over and get him cheered like a baby face when he's clearly supposed to be a heel. Yeah, it's already over. Because yeah. <laughs> when he said it, later, he says on. It later on to Baron yeah, Corbin, yeah. he says, you suck, cheer from the crowd, and I can kill you. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, by the way, yeah. I could kill you. I could, with my bare yeah, hands, like, I could probably kill you. It wouldn't make me break that much of a sweat, <laughs> just so you know, Baron. Yeah. And that got a bigger pop. So it's like, because he's a he's a, a natural baby face and he's presented like a badass. Yeah, organically right now he he is very much a baby face. It's it's awkward and contrived that they're trying to retrofit him into this mold to play off Roman. Uh, but then Paul Heyman came out and accepted the match on Lesnar's behalf and he explained something called Brockonomics. Yeah, I was really interested to learn about Brockonomics. Yeah. Apparently, it's got a lot to do with UFC. Yeah, so you can negotiate higher rates in UFC because of what you're doing in WWE, and he's getting paid loads for WWE. Playing off real life, really, if if you said he hasn't even signed a contract with the UFC. Apparently so. Um, And I thought actually it was really good as well. He was like that... uh he, there's no bigger star than Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar was champion, WWE got a multi-billion dollar deal with Fox. Their stock was at the highest it's ever been. That's why Brock was champion. Yeah. And that's I, why Brock should be champion again. I like this. I'm surprised 
at how you know because I, I I was always a fan of Paul and Brock even when they had the Universal Reign of Terror but it it was after WrestleMania where I was like oh, okay and that's not Brock's fault that's WWE's for elongating that feud past Greatest Royal Rumble all the way to SummerSlam I was like ah okay I'm a bit sick of this act now. One month is all it took. Just just seeing Paul out there, I'm like, yeah, this yep. is much better than what it, it could be. Yes. Because I, this show, I wasn't, re- I found it quite uninspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you liked it. I, th- uh, I thought it was a good show. I'm, I'm going to say it was a groundbreaking no. show or like a, an excellent show, but I thought it was a good show. I thought it was more good than bad on the show. So you know when, like, before uh, Roman won the title and we said, look, this is, this is all like a, a weird hangover of when Roman was meant to win the title at WrestleMania. We just want the Roman era to begin. We don't, you know, we don't want the Roman era, but we just want to get past it and we see what happens now. We're bored of whatever was before, which was the Lesnar reign. And this was the first show where I was like, okay, we really are in this reigns era. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like ground me down a bit. Well, it's because I saw a lot of people talking about this on the Discord saying that... The come chit chat with us. Come chit chat with the us. Way. Uh, and some people saying that, like, yeah, they didn't really like the main events because it was just a lot of people running in. It's a lot of schmars. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. A lot of smoke and mirrors at the Hell in a Cell pay per view. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but that's how Raw used to end when Austin was on top as well. There was always a lot of run ins and interference and schmozzes around ringside and everything. But we seemed to like it then. But it's probably because we liked Austin. Well, that's it. There's a crucial yeah. difference there. That's one of the most over guys ever to step in, step yeah. foot in a ring. And Roman Reigns, one of the most divisive, well, I mean, look controversial. At, like, okay, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at when you know Mankind first won the WWF Championship in 99. There's about a million people at ringside because you've got all the DX, DX and, the, does, they've got, yeah. and the corporation and the Rock and everyone. Like, there's so many people around ringside and so much run-ins and interference in that match. But it's genuinely one of the best matches they've ever done yeah, on Raw. Yeah. Well, sometimes it works. You yeah. Know. Uh, but you do have to be emotionally connected to the people in what roles they're in. Yeah. We were into Mankind as a face. We were into DX as tweener, cool... Well, they were the cool guys. They were the, yeah. yeah, the very face. I mean, I like everyone in this, with the exception of Roman, really. Mm. And even then, I don't hate Roman. But, like... Just a bit... Blah, just a bit blur. The, the problem is with having Roman as the central point yeah. is that everyone else has to move around to fit into that. You called him a black hole, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's he's sucking everyone else in. Like... I love Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I love them, how they're being presented at the moment. But it is a bit disheartening to step back and go, oh, but you're just Roman's lackeys. You're Roman's mates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When really they should be bigger things in their own right. I know that sounds silly because Seth's the Intercontinental Champion. But yeah, I I don't feel like it's really been positioned that way. Uh, But yeah, Paul Heyman does the Brockonomics thing. And he also brings out the, the door. I thought they were going to make more of that. I thought they were as well. They just brought it out and then sort of put it down and then left. Yeah, the Helena cell door that Brock had kicked in. They just popped it there yeah. on the wall. And against a red LED screen, so you couldn't really see how red the door was. Maybe Heyman didn't, like, camouflaged out of his, <laughs> his eyes. Um, um, but I thought this was a, a, a decent opening segment. Um, I can't say that I'm thrilled for Crown Jewel because it'll end up, I think it'll just be like, Greatest Royal Rumble, which will be a glorified house show. Mm-hmm. Nothing really major will happen. Stuff will happen at the show, but it's it's a house show. It's yeah. there because WWE are getting paid a lot of money for it. And there's there's the even it's it, it feels even stinkier this time because just five days before will be Evolution, the the 
a women's pay-per-view and then like you thought hey that's good like WWE are doing that thing as gimmicky as it is you know fair play but now you're like oh but are they just doing it because they're gonna have the all men's pay-per-view on five days after so yeah I, yeah. I don't know um, the this segment ended with uh, but Corbin booking him versus Reigns for the main event for the Universal title. A match that I was like, oh, I have zero interest in that match, mate. I, I was like, well, that's the biggest drop ever <laughs> from two to three at the second to third hour Absolutely, of war. Absolutely, yeah. But um, I, I suppose, like, back, going back to the title of mm. this video, what are your thoughts on, on Brock and, and Crown Jewel? Well, I'm, I'm glad to see Brock back. I'm excited to see that he'll be featured going forward because he is like a huge star and, and the, the air does change when he enters the the arena it's like we said with uh, Walter in yeah. ring camp tank matches he feels the, the atmosphere does change whenever Walter steps in the ring yeah uh, but it's yeah the, the whole crown jewels thing it's it's almost becoming white noise to criticise it because it's, it's yeah it's just all a bit redundant and cynical mm. uh, but it's happening I just it's it's like this weird non-canon well it is it's like a one shot it's like okay so it's like when marvel or dc you'll be in the middle of a huge epic storyline that, that spans all the major titles in the comics and then oh here's the summer holiday annual issue mm -hmm. it's an annual that's what it is it doesn't really impact anything else but there's a few cool stories in there but overall it feels a bit pointless and a waste of 4.99 Yep. Yeah. But they're making a lot of money from those annuals, so I guess thumbs up for them. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Raw opened with that Crown Jewels, Roman Reigns, Braun, whatever segment. But the first match after that was Drew McIntyre versus Dean Ambrose. A match we both talked about really wanting to see after the Hell in a Cell stuff, the way that tag match was structured, and the run-ins for the Hell in a Cell main event. You really wanted to see Ambrose and McIntyre go at it in a singles feud. And that would feel like a big deal. And hopefully one that they would save for a proper program to pay off at a pay-per-view but that's you not talk what happened. Silly. You talk silly nonsense, you, mate. They just gave it to us right here. But, I, you know, you've said this many times. I thought they did enough in this match to make me want to see more matches out of them. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. I agree. It was they, This wasn't the big match, but I, I just wish that this, could, this match could have been built up to over a few weeks. Yeah, this is like your first pay-per-view match. Yes, and then a couple of months after you have the big match. I yeah, I'm. It was a good match. I just in the grander scheme of things, I I felt like money was left in the table. Although I do like just before the ad break that would come back into the match, they just had a shot of Dean Ambrose glaring into the camera. It, was, it came out of nowhere, but it, it took me by surprise. <laughs> I was like, is everyone else seeing this? Um. I thought the man, man of the match for me in this was uh, was Drew. I thought Drew was absolutely awesome in this. His selling of his knee and his leg was mm. absolutely brilliant. It was really good because that's what Dean was targeting throughout the match. The commentators were putting that over. I was like, what a smart tactic because he's the yeah. larger man. You take him off his base. I, I, I thought it was really good. And Drew got the big win with the big kick. Yeah, so, and, and I, so Dean was kind of protected as well. He gets up to the top rope. Uh, he's... Sounds, he stands on the LED post and then yeah. dives off to do like an axe handle or something, but uh, Drew moves out the way. Dean just gets in at nine, uh, but then runs into a Claymore kick. Yeah, so that I felt like this was more Dean Ambrose losing it for himself rather than Drew 100% convincingly winning. So that I, yeah, that's probably why it felt like there's more, that this isn't the big payoff match. But I, still, I just wish it wasn't uh, now. Uh, then it cuts back to Corbin and he makes Dolph versus Seth for the Intercontinental title, and if Seth doesn't turn up, he'll lose. He'll be stripped of the belt. Well, that's because so Corbin walked up and says to Dolph, like, because you know, Dolph's congratulating uh, Drew, and uh, Corbin says, "Hey, we're all going to beat up the Shield tonight. You've beaten Dean Ambrose. I'm going to win the Universal Championship from Roman Reigns. And Dolph, why don't you invoke your rematch clause for the Intercontinental Championship?" And Dolph rightly said, "Was like, well, I've, I took a massive table bump last night. I'm all beaten up." But Corbin said, "Well, Seth's not here." And I don't think he's going to be here. So, I mean, if you invoke your rematch clause, he's not going to be here to wrestle mm. and you'll win by forfeit. Which I thought was really good. It was like heels being heels and trying to win the cheapest way possible. I liked this. Yeah, I wasn't so... I just... It's such a frank... Such a negative ninny, are you today? I know. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood this week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... I, the whole Corbin... Sometimes I like heels versus... Like heels being heels together. But this... It's already a bit Franken team for me, and this I just just Baron like all that. Why does he like all the heels? I don't know. It it feels lazy writing to me. But Corbin afterwards, I did like. He turns round after booking that match and tells a production person, "I am great at my job." He's really proud yeah. of himself in that job. 
Uh, then we got Ronda Rousey <laughs> backstage with Natalia and the Bella Twins all hanging out like friends. And Ronda, being the uh, the noob, just says, hey, like, I want to make an open challenge. How do I do that, girls? I don't know. And it's, it almost uh, speaks to Alexa calling her an overhyped rookie. Mm. So I had to go out there and just open. But I, I thought the, the worst thing about this was Natalia going like, well, the way the guys do it is you just go out there as if, like, women have not been allowed to do that previously. They probably have. It's just the writers have never thought to do that. Yeah, I thought this was rubbish. This was a bad segment. Yeah. Very, very bad segment. The Bellas are still here. Um, they'll be out later on. Uh, I thought this was very bad. And it was essentially, like, the Bellas and Natalia sitting there talking about how great Ronda is. They were just yeah. sitting there going, like, God, she's great. How great is she? Very great. Yeah, she's very great. It's really poor writing. Of anything, yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, this isn't Breaking Bad. I'm not going to compare <laughs> it to Breaking Bad, but I'll compare it to. Well, a- WWE is not Breaking Bad, Shocker. but I will compare it to like a basic network show, like an Arrow. I'm going to offend people by calling their <laughs> favorite shows basic now. It is very basic that yeah, show, like, though. Uh, Supergirl. You know, Walking Dead has become that. Just, just things that. They're just mainstream. They're there to fill 40 minutes. Yeah, like kind of villain of the week stuff. Stuff I would watch on Channel for Stargate, you know. Yep, that was one of your favourite shows, Stargate. Yeah, Star- so I, li- I like the mainstream stuff. I love mainstream things. And, uh, but this, like, at least they, they're good. And you can, you can sit down and kind of get sucked into it because the, the characters know who each other are. The scenes are often engaging and there aren't huge logic holes, most often, Walking Dead, that you can drive uh, trucks through. But here, this, was, this is just like, why would anybody watch that? And the weirdest thing is, the majority of the writers they have write for TV. That's where they came from. They're all TV writers. Maybe they're just the worst ones. Because <laughs> and they're filtered through Stephanie and Vince. Because WWE made this big deal of, like, we didn't want to, they didn't want to hire people who liked wrestling. They wanted to hire TV people or people who'd worked within the Hollywood system to come in and so they could write a TV show. Mm. Because wrestling fans don't know how to write a TV show, I guess. They did pretty well before this new mentality came in who was it uh, who was one of them because I know like David Arquette uh, had a stint but there was another one Freddie Prince Jr that's the one I knew I was going to say Luke Perry but I was like it was like Luke Perry but the other one Freddie Prince Jr that's who I was thinking but he likes wrestling I know but that's why he only lasted a couple of weeks Uh, next up we got Chad Gable (laughs) taking on Victor it is impossible not to be happy when Bobby Roode comes out for the glorious thing and I'm like this Bobby Roode's been booked into oblivion. But then Chad Gable pops up from underneath the He's camera somehow. so happy, just like celebrating around. I, my first note is, I love this partnership. That grin is just so pure. There is, there is no malice behind those eyes. It's just joy, unbridled <laughs> joy emanating from Gable. I was so thrilled. And it's Chad Gable in a singles match. I was like, I am thrilled by this. Who, but, but who are they facing? It's the Ascension again. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, Ollie Davis is going to be very upset that they're still facing the Ascension. And then by the end of this, it looks like they're in a feud now and it must continue. Yeah, so after beating the Ascension in consecutive weeks, so twice, uh, Chad Gable just took on Victor in a singles match. And Victor's an excellent wrestler. He is. He's really uh, good in this it's, match. It's, it's a real shame that he's kind of stuck in this, this act that is, has become a, a jobber act. But yeah, I just the, the the crowd was dead here. 
they popped for the the glorious entrance music and the finish, but they were so dead for this. And why why would they be excited? It's like we've seen. But now is definitely the time. It's after a pay per view. It's kind of like a soft reset of all the feuds. Give Gable and Rude another tag team to face off against. Absolutely. And then make them face off against a different tag team next week. And you could set it up quite easily. Kurt Hawkins comes out with a tag team partner that's just another jobber. And he's like, this is how I'm going to break my undefe- my defeated streak. I'm going to face off against a tag team and get a tag team victory instead. And then Gable and Rude still win. He'd Slater and Rhino. Do it that way. Absolutely. sitting right there. There's plenty of options. But no, they're actually now getting into a feud with because the Ascension have lost three times. And that's how the feud has started. So I, I guess. What What is... You can't call this a feud. Well, you can because it's just a series of (laughs) matches. In the same way that Titus O'Neil and Authors of Pain had that feud that one time, but they kind of worked it into some personal beef. Did they? There was there was a bit, yeah, like something about disrespect. Mojo and No Way Jose. Where's No Way Jose been? Beating he hasn't been around for ages. So Mojo was a get like he took specific umbrage. With no way, Jose. But he just kept attitude. beating him week in, week yeah. out. But at least there was some motivation there. <laughs> like these are just two acts that have been booked together repeatedly. But now there's motivation because where, where? because Connor attacked them oh, after yeah. the match, and he's now all annoyed because they keep losing. I guess so. There is motivation there for a feud. We're getting that big Connor singles push. That's now. That's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. When really, it's, it's Victor's the one you want because he's really good. Uh, Seth Rollins arrives next backstage, slight limp, pimp yeah, limp. Been, yep, which is buggered up uh, Dolph's plans. Mm, yeah, uh, and he's told that Dolph is invoking the rematch clause, and he goes, uh, well, I'll, I'll try and fight through. Yep. Like, you both took the exact same bump. Well, I, I like it because like, Rollins chuckles of being like, huh, yeah, of course he is. And then but makes the point, like, I need to remind Corbin that he may be the acting general manager or whatever his title is, <laughs> but this is Monday Night Rollins. I like yeah. I liked Seth here. Uh, then we got the Undertaker. Dong, dong. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. This was a. It felt like he'd lost himself, but at no point forgot his lines. Yeah, it was. That's it, a good way of putting it. How many he, times do you have to point out Shawn Michaels is Triple H's best friend? Yeah, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really. It was a bit rambly. It was more coherent than his one at Raw 25 because this All-time one classic. because this one had a point. But um, <laughs> it was not. It was not the world's greatest promo. And I will say this about the feud between Triple H and The Undertaker: it's just been promo after promo after promo, and we've, there's been no interaction between the two of them. Like, why is Undertaker here one week? But they're not here the following week, and that just happens to be the, the week Triple H is there. Like, just them in the ring together. Do a, a silent stare down. Anything. Well, like, it's just it's just lads talking and saying, I'm going to win. Well, you're still three weeks out. Like, I, I have I've no problem with the work. I think this has been an excellent build to a match. It's just, it, it does get me down that they don't do this for, like, mid-card feuds and just all well, the other no, feuds. I agree with you. I, I think they should do this... Uh, do a, a better st- version of storytelling for other feuds because they are building this better than most stuff. Everything. Uh, most, Everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd argue that AJ Joe's doing pretty well and uh, Becky and Charlotte, sort of. It's a bit muddled. You see? There's an asterisk. <laughs> There's an asterisk those. there. Um, but what I would say is I think it has started very hot, but it's just, it's gradually worsening for me mm. personally because it is just Triple H comes out and says, The Undertaker is old. 
and then the Undertaker comes out and says Triple H is delusional, and then Shawn Michaels will come out and say the Undertaker is old, and then Triple H will come out and say the Undertaker is old, and then the following week Undertaker's come out and said Triple H is delusional. It's, it's a lot of repeating the same points. I, I think an extra wrinkle has been added each week. So the first one was Triple H, so that's your start. The next week it was the Shawn Michaels thing and Taker returned, and that was that was the best moment so best far. Best moment so far. And then you had the Triple H promo where. Like, I, I like the sentiment of that and how he built around the the polls saying that he wasn't going to win and that really irked Undertaker. Mm-hmm. That was a great line. And then this week, the Undertaker eventually revealed after, you know, taking the, the scenic route around Death Valley <laughs> that Kane will be in his corner at Super Showdown. Shawn Michaels will be in Triple H's. Not the special guest referee, like was rumoured, uh, but this definitely seems to be setting up the DX versus Brothers of Destruction tag match for the Crown Jewels. Yes. I thought it was a bit of a rambly promo, but yeah. he got there in the end. This was a this was a better promo than Raw 25. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was better than his uh, one with the big show back in 99, where he was talking about um, getting the motorcycles back and driving. Back in 99. A- <laughs> well, that was, that's like the peak rambly Undertaker promo. That is like, you go back and watch it. It's a marvelous, <laughs> rambly, nonsense promo about nothing. And it goes on for about 20 minutes. At least this was concise. So I like the way you've ranked this. This It's better than the two other promos in his 30-year career. You see, it was not the worst promo he's ever done. It's the anti-penultimate worst <laughs> promo he's ever done. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was a rambly pro- promo. But... Um, like a, a nice twist at the end with having Kane in his corner. I did, and Kane I got a like massive Kane. pop. Yeah. Kane got a, like a giant. It's the biggest reaction he's got that's not connected to Daniel Bryan mm. in years. Oh, he got a big pop last year when he returned at the cage match. Yes. So that's a one time thing, and then that diminished very quickly. Maybe it's because he hasn't. That, be- well, this was a one time thing. Yeah, but he was here like two months ago. Yeah. With Team Hill. Team Hill knows the other feud we couldn't remember. You know, we're talking about things that Daniel Bryan has done since coming back. Yes! We completely forgot about Team Hell No. I knew there was something in the middle. I enjoyed that one. (laughs) Just just so grumpy and cynical. Uh, Dana Brooke has left Titus Worldwide. Yes. Yeah, and she came out. um, Well, Bailey and Sasha Banks came out with the Connors Cure kids and all did a little bit of celebrating. And I've written, it was lovely until Michael Cole shouted, hugs for everyone. Yeah. Which just made me cringe a little. Yeah, and like, again, where's the angle, guys? Where is Dana Brooke coming out and just pushing one of them over to build to that feud? Exactly. Uh, Corey had a weird line. Not a weird line, but you know that sort of like, you just say things because you're the heel. Mm. Like he was talking about how like he was putting over Titus Worldwide, saying like Dana Brooks got had all of her success because of Titus Worldwide, and I'm like, what success? Yeah, she like, lost. She lost. She loses match. all the time. And didn't have a match for a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, my only note here is Bailey wins, so mm. I don't really know much else about the match. This is where I thought the show was starting to dip a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, it, it this was a very short match, and it was just a belly to Bailey. So, I, I mean, when they set this up as Dana Brooke is now split with Titus Worldwide, something they've been building for about three weeks now, I figured, okay, Titus Worldwide are going to come down here and try and recruit Dana back. But it seems, no, that is the end of the storyline now. Dana has split. There's going to be no follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess it was a way because the crowd was so amped from the Undertaker match, you wanted to just cool them down a little oh, yeah. bit. So that, that's pretty much just what it was. Let's just give them a break yeah. from cheering so hard. <laughs> For Kane. Uh, so after that, we got AOP. Well, before that, we got the uh, the new trailer for oh, WWE right, yeah. 2K19, which I'm sure will be a fun game if you pay all the microtransactions so you're actually allowed to play it. Aren't they getting away from that? No, it's only in Belgium. Belgium have ruled... Oh. Well, that, and that's with um, uh, NBA 2K19. They've ruled that, that loot boxes is effectively gambling, and they've got to remove it from the... And I think Finland are in, uh, looking into it as well now. Those... That part of Europe is so progressive. <laughs> I know. All the Scandinavians yeah. and the, the little bit of Belgium I is nearby. I do really like the Scandinavian countries. And they're really pretty as well. And I think they're full of really, really nice people. And tall, beautiful people. Yep. All oh, of them. I mean, when I went to Sweden, I was stunned at how beautiful every single person mm. there was. When I went to Denmark, it was like... Are they keeping the ugly people? <laughs> where are my people? I was going to say, where's, where are the people that look like me? Why are they all six foot blonde, blue eyed, and riding bikes everywhere? You look so graceful. The way they ride bikes. Oh, it's yeah. Just like this. It's like a, it's like a swan in water, oh. but without the leg bit. Yeah, I'm huffing. I'm, I'm hunched over. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, AOP was the next match, beating Jobber, local enhancement talent, Gregory James and Barrett Brown. It was a short match. They won with a super collider. Yes. Is this going anywhere? Well, I, you know, this doesn't have to for a bit. Uh, but yet, yeah, uh, Chad Gable and Rude versus um, The Ascension is bad for you. There's a difference between squash matches week after week for a monster act and two new guys getting stuck in the same meaningless tag feud. Oh, these are doing the same thing. But, like, squash matches are a different... They're kind of a yeah, no, I, I, I get you the squash match to go, I, but my question is, is this leading to something? Because they're not going to be in the tag title picture anytime soon because the tag titles are over in the Shield feud with Brawn and the Dogs of War and all that. So are they just going to just squash jobbers for the next few months until that's all resolved? For a couple of weeks, yeah. I, 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 squash, this has a purpose, and it's to get over AOP after a completely botched call-up. My... My only, I don't disagree with you. Mm. My only uh, counter to that would be this is what they did when they called them up the first time round, and then eventually just stopped doing it, and then they got into a feud with Titus Worldwide. Yeah. Well, the hope is this would turn into something. Yes. That's what but I, I, yeah. this is this is not comparable to the the glorious In, Gables. I just I feel like this is not going anywhere soon. They well, they're they're bullies. They beat up a poor producer who had the audacity to walk past them backstage. Maybe they're building them up for Rude and Gable. They need they they need a heel actor face Mm. that's not the Ascension. Uh, Then we got the Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler match, Uh, but before that, Rollins Corbin and Ziggler are having like an evil heels meeting backstage. Ho ho ho! You can still beat him, Ziggler. He's more injured than you. Yep. I don't think that's true. (laughs) They just showed the replay. It looked like the exact same bump. Yeah, but Dolph's hard, isn't he? Mm. He's a heel. Uh, and Rollins walks in on them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he says that... Um, it's like Dolph saying, like, hey, man, there's still time for you to back out of this match. Because he doesn't want to have the match either. Because yeah. he's all banged up. Uh, but Rollins says he came for a fight. And that's when they led to the match. Both men were still in their backs after that table spot from Hell in a Cell. And this was a, this was a deep, decent match. I, I really like the spot where he hit the superplex into the Falcon Arrow, but couldn't actually do the Falcon yes. Arrow because of his back. I thought that was really nice. I, I really liked this match. Yeah. Just because it... I, after any pay-per-view, 
that those are meant to be big violent matches, especially a Hell in a Cell one. I, I really appreciated both men basing the whole match really around selling those injuries. Yeah. Every move, every move had one of them going, oh, my back. Or th there was a bit, there was a great bit where Ziggler was on the outside, Rollins motions, not even does a full ring run, a uh, rope run, uh, to, to dive on the outside. But then he just stops, like just shakes his leg out and gets out and walks around the ring to get him. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I really, really like this match. It's, it's nothing, it's not like a four-star match or anything, but it's a really solid telling of that story. And that's what that's what's really missing from, from Raw. Like the, yeah. the, the bread and butter stuff is not good I, uh, I that this was very good I really like that spot as well when he was selling the back and going to do the dive I just um, I'm, I hope that continues for the rest of this night yes yeah 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 for the people who were that spear man oh a day later oh still going uh, yeah so actually I mean I was talking about the fact that Seth did a dive later on in the evening oh right yeah well you know the adrenaline <laughs> uh, Rollins hit the curb stomp in the end for the win cut back to Roman Nodding, watching the telly. There's yep. my boy. There's my boy. It's my lackey. He won. Then we got Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, this was not my feed. Which I was okay with. <laughs> <laughs> because they talked about wrestlers. This wasn't Jennifer Lopez or stuff that I don't care about on a wrestling show. It was Eddie Guerrero. It was Rey Mysterio. It was Andrade Cien Elmas talking about his father, who I can't remember the name of a famous luchador. Yes. So, good. Yep. Uh, I, I expect we'll get this every week. I don't fully understand the Americans' obsession with making their own history, but yes, no, this was this was a, a fine instalment. <laughs> okay, Ronda Rousey's open challenge was next. Yeah, so I mean, she comes out. She's all smiles. Hated that. Yeah, and I mean, this happened at the pay per view as well. Well, she's meant to be like selling the ribs because her ribs are meant to be her in, and even her ribs are taped up. Like she reveals during her promo, my ribs are taped up, but she's not selling it whatsoever. Mm. Like she's just walking out like the exact way she would do normally. And considering, considering how good her selling was at Hell in a Cell, this was very disappointing. And she was seemingly very overwhelmed by the reaction that she got because she was very giggly. I think that's what they told her to do. This is always the way with Ronda. After she wins a match, they send her out there. She cuts an in-ring promo where it's like, I'm so humble. Thank you so much to Alexa Bliss. She really proved herself. I didn't know she could go that far, but I beat her in the end. And I'm just so grateful to the fans for embracing me and for the women backstage for being so lovely. And half of the roster are my best friends <laughs> in the whole world. And even the heels. I love them too. I'm just here to... And, like, I have no time for that. I cannot believe they do this because after that, this was all to set up her open challenge. All right, man, she, you got the cheap pops first. Which cheap pops? The cheap pops was just like, I want to be the best champion. I want to be like Bret Hart, mm. Steve, hey, Steve Austin, hey, Ric Flair. Woo! You have to get the cheap pops out there so people can get on your side. Yeah, so just what, why. You can cut all of that out because the end of this promo was her turning to the camera and saying, and then entering mean face mode and effectively saying, now someone come out so I can beat them up. Yeah. And that was a, really cool. If anyone has the gumption to come yeah, out and face me, was a very much a Vince McMahon line. So why not just come out and, and do say that. that? Yeah. Like, look, yeah. Why not just have badass Rousey all the time? This isn't a character to be humble and grateful. 
And she, she name-checked Steve Austin. Ugh. <laughs> I hate, I, I really didn't like it. And then, the, oh, oh, it might get interesting. Natalia's music has, op- has it, uh, answered the open challenge. Yep, but Natalia does not come out. In fact, the Riot Squad drag out her limp carcass. And then Ruby cuts a, a decent promo and said, like, um, what we did to Natalia, that was your fault. But then had the really weird line of, like, we don't dislike you. We just don't like you either. Yeah. What? Like, this is... This is that duck butt line from um, Connor the other week with the Ascension. Is it like, is it a backstage thing I don't understand? Did she fall over her words? Did she forget something? It was a really odd line. And Ruby accepted the challenge and um, Ronda sort of just essentially attacked them all on her own. And then uh, Ruby speared her. Really good spear, actually. Then, of course, here come the Bellas. The Bellas come down and they dispatch the riot squad. But this is, again, one of these things. So I've got two issues with this. And this is apart from Ronda's promo. One, and it's the same with the AJ Joe thing at Super Showdown. You've already announced the match, so like, it does it. Just do things organically. Have this angle, and they'll be like, and now they're going to have a six man at Super Showdown. Lovely stuff. The second part of this, and it's the issue I had a couple of weeks ago. Why could we possibly care about this? Because hmm. the Bellas beat them three, like with a two on three handicap. They Brie Bella beat her. Or was it Brie or Nikki? One of them beat one of them in a singles match. So there's no real drama there. And now Ronda beat all of them up on her own, more or less. And they all beat them up with the three of them teamed together. So what challenge are the Riot Squad to them? Yes. Like, there's zero drama to this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, my feelings on the... <coughs> excuse me. My feelings on the Bella Twins are out there. <laughs> I just, you I, love them. I love them. Uh, I, this is it's, it's completely uninteresting and yeah oh the Ronda and the Bellas versus the Riot Squad at Super Showdown I, I, just give me an excuse to like the Riot Squad because I really I, you know Sarah Logan's very good I think Liv Morgan's improved tremendously Ruby Riot I've always been a fan of I think she's an excellent wrestler and a great promo mm-hmm. but they're just there's nothing they've just been booked into nothing they're like sanity yeah so I, it's very... They might be higher on the totem pole than Sanity at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most people yeah. are. So this was just rubbish stuff for Rousey, rubbish stuff for the women's division, and just uh, that sort of wet fart thing at the end of it, where it's, oh, and here's the match yeah, they're gonna, we uh, it awkwardly, retroactively ties into. Yeah, it's like announcing the match and then booking the angles to set up the match. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of this segment. However... Speaking of good things, though... Yes, so, you know, I might have been a bit grouchy for this review, but this... A bit grouchy. Isn't... But you'll get blamed for all of it. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, unbridled success for me. I cannot <laughs> believe that this has worked. I cannot believe how, like, you know, how down I've been on Lashley's character... And then he does the my man thing, and I was like, "That kind, we just we, we made we got it over ourselves because it made us laugh for when, us. when we yeah, made yeah. jokes about it." Yeah, uh, like that became a private joke between me, Luke, and Laurie, which we then shared with you. So, like, we we've got an affinity for Lashley anyway. And then Leo Rush comes in, and my God, this pairing works. Yeah, it really does. So the the segment starts off with Elias, who I think got the loudest pop of the night. Yeah, of course in you did. Both ways. So first off, he did some wicked guitar. Yeah, really nice. And people were going crazy for that. And then he did the walk with Elias. Everyone went crazy for that. And then he 
did the your sports team sucks thing and everyone booed him for that. So he got both the biggest baby face and heel pops on the show. Elias segments quickly become some of my favourite times on Raw because it's when I know I can get up and comfortably make a cup of tea and my breakfast and not miss anything. Yeah, I bought because the kettle. I can put my headphones on and I can just walk away from from my screen and I can set the kettle up and I can make a cup of tea and just listen to what he says. And it's grand. Yeah. And uh, he's been interrupted every week recently. So just as he starts to do the song, someone comes out. And in this time, it was Leo Rush. And Elias. Had, so Leo Rush starts oh, cutting this promo. And Elias just cuts him off and says, who let this child into the arena? Like, which 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 parent yeah. let their child escape and let them get onto the ramp and walk down to the ring? This is a dangerous environment. And that that was... Elias' delivery of that line was perfect. It's it was so really funny. funny. And... Uh, then Leo brings out Bobby Lashley and it turns into Elias versus Bobby Lashley because you got to build that Elias and Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley and John Cena match for <laughs> Super Showdown. Yep. Oh, yeah, uh, re- yeah of course. That's who's why. winning that one? <laughs> Who do you reckon? I mean, yeah. Do we, do, do we want to do a prediction show for Super Showdown? Oh, we will. I'm not making the, mis- the oh, greatest Royal Rumble, Rumble mistake, mistake again. Yeah. We're coming in. No, We're I know. Coming in on Saturday to record that review. Yeah, uh, we're going to watch it live. Yes, well, we, it's one of those rare ones we can do. Nine yeah. a.m. for us on Saturday morning. We'll be in, uh, and yeah, Elias and Bobby have a brief match, but then Kevin Owens comes out to chase Rush, who was on commentary, and Rush was excellent here. Yeah, just kind of running away from Owens. And Elias runs towards him, cutting him off on the other side. Does this amazing Spider-Man leapfrog over him? Yeah. It was great. It was great. And then got onto the apron, did like a big flip and stuff like that. I, I, I thought this was really good. This is almost one of those things where you, on, sec- on paper, you're like, our main aim of this is to get Leo Rush over. And I thought they did that perfectly. Yeah, so the relationship they seemed to be setting up last week was Rush is almost a comedy, uh, like, well, he's like, he's like Don King. Yeah, but Bobby Lashley didn't really care about him. And we were like, well, that dynamic... I doesn't have much mileage because the money here would be them both working together and becoming actually quite good friends and Leo being useful to Bobby, Bobby being useful to Leo. And that now seems to be the way they're going, which which is much better than what they seem to be building to last week. So this is good. The only downside, sorry, Grouchioli is coming out again. Here he is. Is that it's just, just several weeks after having the most intriguing storyline in WWE. Owens is nothing more than mid-card filler. He is behind Elias in terms of mid-card heel. It's just... What the hell? Yeah, it wasn't great for, for poor old Kevin Owens, but I'm going to look on the positive side of things. I liked this segment. Yes. Uh, and then, I really liked... And I liked... Leo, like, he went to hoist him up on his shoulders and Leo oh sort of God. fell backwards. And then DDP, core strength, just hoisted himself up yeah. with, it, with the help of... Bobby, oh, this is great. I really like this partnership. I do too. I do. And too. I like, and I hope we can get more of Leah Rush on commentary, mm. the manager of the hour, and kind of wrestling. I mean, they could be a pretty decent tag team. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it, it almost seems to be setting up um, Leo and Bobby versus Kevin Owens and Elias, but we've got to make way for the biggest star in John Cena. Maybe Cena will make a run in next week, and that will retroactively set up the ang- that will be the angle for the mm. match they've already announced. Don't be silly. Cena's not appearing on Raw. Not he's, just, he's just flying in to do the Super Australia. Show. And as soon as that finishes, he's back on a plane going oh, home again. Good day, mate. Uh, so next up, we got Ember Moon and a mystery tag partner. 
versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Yeah, the three. So Alicia and Mickey and Alexa cut a cell phone promo before this, and there was a. So Alexa says that like um, that Mickey and Alicia are going to challenge Ember and a mystery partner. And Foxy says, I can't see how that's going to happen because no one wants to be friends with Ember. We do. We do. And also, have you not seen their Dungeons & Dragons video they did on Up, Up, Down, Down? She's got loads of friends. And um, But Mickey says that, like, um, yeah, she doesn't have friends like, like I do. And Alexa just looks at her and goes, like, yeah, you are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good pro. I thought they all played off each other really well. Yeah, it was nice. These three. And, um, sort of Franken-team again. But it's nice. Yeah, it's I'm amazed, I'll be honest, I'm amazed these aren't facing um, Ronda and the Bellas at Super Showdown. Mm. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, the I, So my Raw review was the old silhouette, who's that Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. WWE star returns from injury. That was not my original title. Oh, it yeah. was huge WWE star returns. Oh, yeah? And I had it in there and I was like, wait a second. That could be misconstrued. There, as, on YouTube? I, I know, don't think so. As like a body shaming thing. So I, I changed it to preempt any any negative stuff. But it was Nia Jax who returned. Yeah. In fact, I wrote Nia Jax down before she was announced. Oh, did you? I, well, it I, caught I, me by surprise. No, I figured it was going to be Jax. That's not me to be like, oh, look at me. I'm so smart. What a braggart. Mm. I was just like, I think, I think it's time that Nia... And I think she was backstage at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So I was like, I figured that Nia's coming back here. Oh, good call. Uh, Moon was worked over for the majority of the match. Alexa sold Nia. Alexa sold Nia coming yes, out so well. She did. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I had to cut you off there. Uh, and to build an Anaya hot tag, and Jax won. Yeah, um, I mean the highlight for me was aside from Alexa selling Nia Jax, where it literally was like a slow turn as she heard the music. It was Corey Graves just making Mean Girls references and talking about Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Bliss, I'm more of this, please. Bliss's uh, facials are always excellent. Yes. And then WWE... Th- this was awkward afterwards, though. They WWE were like, well, Nia Jax just is fresh off her victory at the hashtag See Her Awards. I believe that. I've written, I've written See Her Award as well. Yeah. yeah. And they had like a little video clip thing to run so it's like oh what a big surprise I guess they would know Baxter I don't know just hate everything today Uh, and the main event was Roman Reigns taking on Baron Corbin in just like the ratings are gonna tank if unless I'm maybe Roman's over but this main event was not just telling me you are now in the Reigns era like the proper Reigns as the top guy Universal Championship era but also NFL season has started so historically WWE just kind of give up for a few months yeah and they don't try quite as hard no and the, and and they like okay we're going to get bad ratings for a few months because of all the NFL games on Monday nights so we're just going to take it easy and and take a few 2.3 ratings for raw and that uh Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin that's the big thing you're building towards for the main event building for the whole show and it was much like the match with Braun not really much of a match until Smoke and Mirrors ran yeah. down and then actually I and I've, I've I said to you when we uh, came in I by the end of this match I did actually get quite into it mm. um and the crowd really were as well. I thought the crowd were actually quite hot for this match, considering how much they were booing Roman at the start of the show. They were really behind him in this main event. Okay. And I thought Roman did a really good job of, of doing that, and he made his comeback. And, um, but I liked it as well, because Roman was sort of setting up for the Superman punch, but every time he did, Corbin would just roll out the ring, and the crowd would boo him rolling out the ring, and they'd cheer Roman throwing him back into the ring. And then he had this wicked spot where he runs around the ring, jumps off the steps, and gives him the Superman punch that way. And I, I was surprised. 
because these two actually got me into this match and I had zero interest going in. But they, I, I thought they did a good job in turning it around. And then it got even better when Smoke and Mirrors happened. I, yeah, I wasn't into the start of that. I, I did enjoy Corbin rolling out doing the Bully Ray, Randy Savage heel stuff hmm. of just stopping the match from properly getting going. But yeah, I, I wasn't into it. I just wasn't into the first 10 minutes of this match. No, neither was I. Uh, which is when all this was happening. And then Roman like has enough. He comes around to spear Corbin. But Corbin has a chair, chucks it at Roman safely, and... The referee was like, well, that's a DQ. And just like Baron did a few weeks ago with the Bala match, he restarts it and says, well, actually, now it's a no DQ match. Yeah. Still for the title. So Roman has that stacked against him. And then Braun Strowman runs down. That's stacked against him, but he fights him off. Then Mac and like, Well, he doesn't fight himself. He, he posts himself. Braun. Oh, yeah, he moves out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Mac and Dolph come down, but then so do the Shield. Everyone's brawling. And then, actually, Roman hits a spear for the win. Well, Corbin got a really good near fall out of oh, this. Off a deep six. Off a deep six. Yeah. Like a really decent near fall. And I think the crowd even bought into it as like a potential title switch. That was I, th- I thought everyone did a really good job of getting this main event over that initially probably was not over. Mm. So all in all, I would give this a big thumbs up in terms of this segment. I thought it was a really fun main event and I had a, I had a blast watching it. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Thanks, man. I I wasn't. <laughs> Mine's like more of a, a like two thumbs in the middle, but one of the thumbs is kind of pointing down. Mm-hmm. And while I'm doing that, I'm saying the word, meh. Yeah, that's that was my reaction. That's really. fair enough. Well, uh, and it said at the end, by the way, Mac and Dolph, Mac Dolphman versus Shield at Super Showdown. Yeah, maybe we can get the sort of similar comments we did yesterday, which were either ones because like, God, you guys are far too positive about this pay per view, or. I wish you would go back to hating these shows. Yes. And stop being paid by WWE to like them. People love it when people's opinions agree with their own. Yeah. That's the point, that's, of, that's, the, that's, that's the point of social media. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I gave this a poor rating. Which I think is really actually. unfair. I mean, I'd have, give, five. I'd have given it a high smack bang in the middle. Leaning... Average. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd give it a high meth of you. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I go, you know, a 3.5 out of out of 5, mm-hmm. maybe leading towards the 4, because wow. there was more on this show that I liked than I didn't like, and the stuff that I liked, I really liked. So, but there was some of the stuff on there that I, I wasn't massively keen on, thought Taker's promo was very rambly, um, I didn't particularly like the Ronda stuff, but I really liked the main event, I liked the Dean-Drew match, and there was some of the stuff on the show that I really enjoyed. And the Leo Rush-Bobby Lashley stuff, so yeah, d- definitely thumbs in the middle, leaning more towards up. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I thought it was quite an uninspiring show. So should we kick off with that Poetry Corner submission that we spoke about at the start? Hit us up. The next morning I awoke, calm, cool and collected. Maybe she was right. Maybe I did get worked. I had focused my anger on one tiny detail. And even if it was done intentionally, she was still right. It's wrestling. There's supposed to be heat and cheap heat is often aimed at the disenfranchised. So does the fact it's directed at me make me more justified to cancel my subscription? Maybe. Maybe not. But the sad truth is I'd been looking for a reason. Bad booking. Copy-paste. Pushing what doesn't work. Over and over again. While almost punishing anything that does. Because it wasn't their idea, I just care if it did... I don't care if I did get worked. Because I just don't care. Staying despite disappointment after disappointment has been my own wrestling insanity. 
I'm leaving it cancelled, and I'm taking my money elsewhere. Ooh. So it's more of a, uh, a prose poem, mm. uh, with, or, or just like a, a not um, rhyming structure bit apart from the end. Yeah. So, oh, look at that. They've, they've even recorded it. I could have played out the recorded uh, version, which maybe I'll put at the, I'll put at the end of the show. Uh, what would if we so this is interesting if we weren't if this wasn't our job would mm-hmm. you be a subscriber to the network um yes because i was subscribed to the network before i started working here so yeah i'd imagine i would do why for all of the other content that's on there totally i would a hundred percent be a network subscriber purely for the five takeovers a year yep and NXT on a weekly basis. Yeah, so I don't really watch that, but occasionally there'll be a match that well, when everyone I, says check out. Well, when I wasn't working here, I had more time to watch NXT, yeah. so I was watching it every like every Thursday. I would be excited to watch the next episode of NXT. It's weird how working for a wrestling channel has made me have less time to, 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 watch, to watch wrestling. Yeah, uh, or good wrestling at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, and all the old content that's on there. Sometimes, like my my proper relaxation time, pizza classic pay-per-view mm-hmm. or ecw just ecw tv from not from the mid-noughties but from the the, the 90s yeah yeah just pop that on well absolutely one I night w- stand cm punk versus just individual matches that you're like you come in drunk and you're like i need to see john cena versus cm punk from money in the bank 2011 absolutely i mean I, there have been times i mean i've told this on the podcast before but when i got the network my first course of action was to essentially watch every wwe pay-per-view in order once performance end, I would just start on the next one. I would essentially just work my way through. I mean, unfortunately, I was in a job where I was allowed to watch wrestling pay-per-views while I was working. So I got a lot watched while I was at work. And I could watch like four in a day. Um, but it was... And I think from that, I've more or less got my money's worth from the network subscription because I've watched a load of pay-per-views that I would have had to pay out the year for to buy on dvd mm. so i i think there is some there is value in there and like the documentaries they do are also very yeah, good yeah, i don't yeah. i unfortunately don't have time to watch any of the ones i'd love to watch the mick foley one they've just done the, mm. the stand-up show but i doubt i'll ever have time to watch that but i would like to and yeah. and i think that's worth it but i do it's turned into a bit of an advert <laughs> well no but i i do want to side with uh, this person who's emailed in i'm sorry I'm, I'm, i feel like i'm being vague with my pronouns pal because you said you were trans, but I wasn't sure in which were you man to woman or this woman is, to this man. This is fascinating to see to me watch try and work it. Yeah. Around. Well, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I do very much apologise. I'm I'm just as bad at this as, as WWE. Well, I'm not as bad because they're the worst. But you know, I'm I'm quite bad at this. So I very much apologise. So I don't want to do too much in that way. But I I do agree that they stuck to uh, stuck to their standards uh, and their beliefs. And there are so I, many. I be- thought the point was that they were offended, but that wasn't the actual cause. And it was. It was. They moved past. They the moved offense. past it. Yes, but it was just because WWE's a bit. But rubbish. that was like there was the. It was the kick into gear. It was the trigger. Because there might have just been like we see so many people saying like I'm going to cancel my network subscription because that the finish to Hell in a Cell was bad and no one ever does like no one ever cancels their subscription. It's, it's always an empty hollow threat. So it's actually quite nice to hear from someone who has stuck to their guns and and has uh, stuck to it. Uh, would you like an Agony Arts request? Yes. So uh, this one obviously comes from uh, Anonymous. They're all from them. Yeah, well, Anonymous is very Anonymous, big. Yeah, yeah Anonymous very, has. very big in emailing us. Um, so And a very troubled person. All the things that they get up to, need advice on. Big fan of the show, and I know you guys are the top at Agony Arting. So basically, my boss Artsing. is... Artsing. 
Well, they've written aunt. Yeah, well, we're not aunts. Okay. Well, so here we go. So basically, my boss is a great guy. We get on really well, and everything is pretty much perfect. However, there is one thing that really upsets me. He's got this thing that I really want to call him out on because I'm pretty sure no one else has noticed. There's a thing he keeps pronouncing wrong, and I'm pretty sure he <laughs> might have done it accidentally at first, but now he's getting really grating. <laughs> Do I tell him? I'm sure everyone else has noticed by now. I mean, how can you pronounce Ooh Wendy? Lots of love, oh, Andy Dixon. Come on. <laughs> Andy messaged me on Discord. So anonymous. <laughs> Lots of love, Andy, Andy Datsun. Sorry, mate. Ooh, Wendy. <laughs> that one's just for you, dickwad. <laughs> he sent me a message on Discord to say, like, I'm going to send you an email for, for Agony Arts. And my instant thought was like, oh, no. Like, don't let us actually give you advice because we yeah. tend to give very bad advice. So is it that everyone knows who Andy is? He is the the chap. He's a WrestleTalk website editor and writer, mm-hmm. and he uh, sort of mans the Twitter on Patreon. He certainly does, yes. Along with Liam, and yeah, he's a he's a he's a constant thorn in our side. <laughs> <laughs> um, he brought that up. Oh, we've already talked about that at MediaCon. Yeah. He was very upset that I don't go. Ooh, Wendy, which is what it actually is. Mm. We used it to go. Ooh, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Do it my way. Exactly. Your way is funnier. Yeah. Um, also teased that I was going to talk about the uh, the banging breakfast that I made. Absolutely amazing, mate. Hash browns, beans, smashed avocado on gluten-free bread, um, herby mushrooms, basil tomatoes, and some wonderful vegan sausages. They were abs- It was absolutely incredible. How do the beans work with the avocado? You kind of keep those separate. I don't, see, I don't think those mix. But they don't. That's you why you keep them separate. The you keep them separate. It does, not even on the same dish no it does because you need like the variety of flavors uh, on the page i feel like the avocado is is your your wetness to the dish how wet is your avocado well if you get it properly goopy and smashed mm. it kind of creates you, are, are there no wetness from beans well that exactly like oh so you, you want double wetness no, okay. i don't want double wetness no i want beans or i want avocado not both. No. But it does sound like a fantastic breakfast. It was. If you ever stay at our house, well, uh, I'll, I'll rustle you up right. some. Yeah. Um, trying to see if I've got another email that I can do before we get out Mate, of nothing's going to top that breakfast story. <laughs> Why do you try? Oh, this is an we interesting We can just talk one. about TNA. We, uh, to, as a slight plug for either this, late this week yep. or uh, early next week, we will have our next Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast. And uh, for for a change, me and Luke are watching it through together to then talk about. And it's TNA Unbreakable 2005, and Luke is in his element. <laughs> this is like my era of TNA. Like, yeah. it was it was fun to watch it together, and it has been fun watching it together. But at the same time, I feel like we've we've lost some of the the luster that might come from the podcast, where you go, "Can you explain this to me?" And I can like, "Oh well, this was no, their no, storyline." I still need a lot of this stuff explained. <laughs> Because there, like, a storyline would come up that I would remember and I'd forgotten about. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember this because this happened and this happened and this happened. But I could not remember the lad's name. So I missed a part of the match while I had to go through and research who that guy was. Mm. So I hope you've got good notes on that match because I missed some of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange pay-per-view. Just uh, Austin Aries versus Roderick Strong in 2005 have a cracking match that holds up today. And then there is this tag team cluster F. Just all everything wrong that could be. Yeah. Which uh, one? Because there was two really bad tag matches yeah, on that show. Yeah, well, the, the four-way. Yeah, that was the, the bad one. 
The other match uh, wasn't much better either. There's a lot going on on this show. There's so much to talk about. Some of it's really good. Yeah. And some of it is so bad. And some stuff I'd start out hating. But I'll be like, woohoo, this is great by the end. Yeah. And other stuff I'd start out going, this is really promising. And then it's, oh no, Jeff Hardy is in a bad way right now. He can't (sighs) wrestle this match. Yeah, God. There is a point when Jeff Hardy, like, he he walks against the ropes. Like, he he does not, he gets Irish whipped, but he just, he has a slow, like, methodical walk against the ropes hey sometimes ketamine hits you when you least expect it <laughs> completely Alleged- unrelated allegedly. completely unrelated thing. I just commented on something completely unrelated absolutely just, yeah just popped into my head but anyway we're going to call it a, uh, a close to this episode here but obviously I mean you've got the outro music that's currently playing but stick around after that outro music because we're going to have that poem that I read nearly quite well and then sort of balls it up at the end but there the the writer themselves is going to read it out for us so you can hear that uh at the end of this show so please do stick around and enjoy that we're going to be at the prince charles cinema on november 13th so buy your tickets come and see us do a live wrestle ramble with a screening of beyond the mat we're very very excited to do that uh and I'm, there's going to be an advert for it starting up next week if i get time to, to make it so you can look out for that uh we'll be back tomorrow for the review of smackdown have you seen what's announced for it no, but I like how you just placed your leg on a chair. Yes. To have a kind of dad chat pose with me. Well, there are three. How's it going, son? There are three things announced for the show. There is AJ Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas, Ooh. Nakamura versus Rusev for the United States Championship, Hey-o. and The Miz is having Miz TV with a special mystery guest which I'd imagine will be Marie. So we'll probably find out because she was the one who scored the pinfall at Hell in a Cell. That's my prediction anyway. But that's all we've got time for. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. The next morning I awoke, calm, cool, and collected. Maybe she was right. Maybe I did get worked. I had focused my anger on one tiny detail. And even if it was done intentionally, she was still right. It's wrestling. There's supposed to be heat. And cheap heat is often aimed at the disenfranchised. So does the fact that it's directed at me make me any more justified to cancel my subscription? Maybe. Maybe not. The sad truth is I'd been looking for a reason. Bad booking, copy-paste, pushing what doesn't work over and over again while almost punishing anything that does because it wasn't their idea? I don't care if I did get work, because I just don't care. Staying despite disappointment after disappointment has been my own wrestling insanity. I'm leaving it cancelled, and I'm taking my money elsewhere. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.